You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Pogues, it's fantastic to be here. Um, I'm, I'm just happy to be doing yet another episode and ready to do the, the devil's work. Mm-hmm. That's the, the original OG, the devil? Yeah, yeah, just, you know, it's just me uh, in my shorty. Uh, just, just here to do some, to eat some deviled eggs and, and kill some people. Some peyote-covered deviled eggs. A well-known yeah. way to do peyote. Yeah, you know, it's cool to me to realize that f- suddenly, suddenly, people are finally digging into the infrastructure that surrounds uh, satanic cults. You know, the many buildings they have, offices, hangouts, and chefs, craft services. <laughs> this movie, I feel like, maybe the the movie that is somehow manages to be offensive to every group of people alive like every every uh-huh. individual race in the united states yeah. is treated not well in this movie uh by by merely existing in this film uh uh uh, uh <laughs> the <laughs> sorry what is, what is the uh the pimp uh what is his fucking name uh oh i don't i don't even remember what his character's name is it's um Shit, I don't remember the actor's name now. Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Which, Dennis when Hopper's... he showed up, I was like, what the fuck is Dennis it, Hopper it, doing in it, this? It took the last, like, 20 minutes for him to appear. Uh, Dennis Hopper's presence uh, offends a whole demographic. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. He showed up and, and started calling people shorty, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Dennis Hopper... While while not wearing any makeup is doing blackface in this movie. Is that is that it's, clear? It's, is that... <laughs> it is so like each line he says becomes more yeah. and more offensive as it goes. He Have refers you... to Satan as the original OG gangster, which I think that's what the G stands for in OG. Uh, yeah. He then I mean... also uh calls every woman a shorty. He calls Have... the devil homie a couple of times. Has anyone uh, uh, experienced um, uh, like any any Steven Seagal movies after like you know the year two thousand? You know what I mean? Like like when he started like changing his persona to be a little more urban. That's like what Dennis Hopper is bringing to this um, to this. And it's great to say Dennis Hopper. You know you know <laughs> you know Easy Rider. You, you yeah. know fucking well. Just so you get a taste. blue velvet. <laughs> Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper, who is at this point like a 55, 60-year-old white man, uh, his character's oh, name is El Nino. Yeah. Which is like... Spanish for the Nino. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a joke that really dates us. If you got that reference, <laughs> you might be old. Um, but I mean, yeah. like, when he showed up and then started that, all I thought was... Why would his agent be like, yeah, no, this is good. <laughs> like, Look, I mean, it's like Dennis Hopper is like the best actor, but we know he's certainly we know, better than this. Pogues and I know that none of you watch this movie. So th- that might in, in, that might bring you to the conclusion, oh, I don't want to listen to an episode about a movie I don't know. Let me, let me just tantalize you with this. During this film, Dennis Hopper says, I now pronounce you the devil and his shorty. And he doesn't explode uh like he doesn't collapse and just evaporate as soon as he's delivered that line the movie doesn't end you're stuck watching it for another 20 minutes 
Um, but that that happens. Uh, demonstrably, that happens. And uh, the world got worse in that very moment. It is. I mean, every line he says, uh, he'll be your homie now and forevermore is part of the wedding ceremony. Yeah. I mean, and then he says, well, kiss the bride, motherfucker. That's how he... I mean, it's every line he says... Yeah. Well, wicked ass props to you, Mr. OG, and thanks for representing all the homeboys. These are just quotes that are on the IMDb page of him saying. Do you ever see like a couple in public that's clearly going through a fight and they keep calling each other babe while they're doing it? You know what I mean? Like 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 there's the the frequency at which they're saying it implies that there's an increasing level of friction between their relationship. <laughs> that is what Dennis Hopper is bringing because every other line he's like, "Yeah, uh yeah, shorty, it's good to have my shorty here. The devil wants his shorty. Are you going to be his shorty?" He keeps fucking saying it. Yeah, I mean, I, it I, is it is insane how often Can I get a bagel it. from Craft Services, shorty? Like he just keeps saying it over and over and over again. <laughs> like, why are we making Dennis Hopper do this? Can we just decapitate him again in a subway tunnel for the love of god i just watched speed sorry um for the love of god we As can't you do, do every this. thursday morning <laughs> yeah exactly i, I, I mean, wake up you... have a cup of coffee watch speed real quick but what do you think is um dennis hopper's worst worst uh movie is it is it is it's... it super is it super mario brothers is it Waterworld? is it meet the deedles yeah uh, I mean, like, here's the thing <laughs> or is it this one <laughs> i'm seeing i'm seeing this was a bad move for Dennis Hopper. As Ben just mentioned, he is in so many bad movies, and this is the one where I'm like, this was a mistake. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly think like he must have been a swap-in for Seagal, who was a swap-in for an African-American actor. because I, uh, Yeah, it just because... feels like they went to cast somebody, and they were like, we couldn't find a black actor who would say any of this. <laughs> they have too much self-respect. I, I know who can deliver these lines. A guy I know named Dennis. He'll be able to nail it. <laughs> we'll again, just give him. Again, we'll just give him like a, like a like a shoe polish goatee, and he'll be able to pull this off. I guess he was at 68. He, no, he was sixty nine years old when this movie nice, came out. Nice, by the way. Nice. Nice. Um, <laughs> He died five years later, so this is towards the end of his career, are, which wait, is hold a on. very are, are, sad thing to say. Are you implying he died because of this movie? I'm, I mean, I'm saying it, it didn't help. Just <laughs> Sorry, Dennis Hopper. Um, well, this was fucking rough, man. This was uh, this was a brutal film. <laughs> this was Every- a film where multiple times I wrote. I don't think anyone actually wrote this script. It's like when yeah. they let AI write a movie. <laughs> I, well, at first it felt like like a like a fourteen year old going through an emo phase wrote it, but then it felt like that fourteen year old was in a very bad car accident, and they had to just sort of take whatever notes he had and give them to like a seventy year old man to try and reassemble. And then yeah, it went through an AI after all that. Well, like, it feels <laughs> like they gave it to a seventy year old man who was like told he had to use a computer for the first time in his life. <laughs> And he was angry about that and about Native Americans and Hispanics. Do you, do, you, do you think someone's character's name was just like Sean and it kept autocorrecting Shorty and that's why it's in here so much? It's it's possible. I mean, this movie too did something which is like, did Did Clippy pop up and say, hey, I see you said Shorty too much. Do you want my help? It is. I mean, it was. It can was we do insane. more dated references to this book? Yeah, we can. We can. Um... 
Actually, we got a Chris. I don't know if we can get much more we, we, dated than. We got a Chris Farley and we got a Clippy. We're already losing a lot of our audience. I don't know. I feel like anyone listening to us is at least our age. Yeah, I think so. And is yelling at some kid but, to get their ball off his lawn. You're absolutely right. This movie uh, decided to just go after every marginalized group. Um, it, it's it, not... it, it did something that was like. So the movie starts with a, a very confusing plot point, which is. There's a group of Native Americans who are making a mine close because it's on reservation land and they want to open up a casino instead of the mine, which is poisoning their rivers, it says. And then there's a feud based on this. And it's hard to tell which group the movie thinks is incorrect. And it's yeah. such a weird plot to like throw in to be like, why was this? Because it really and doesn't matter. That that really doesn't change. Like, do. You could change the plot to just be like, the, these people live near the reservation and they're super racist. And there's tension. basically be the there, same plot. To be clear to the listener, there is no plot point where the mine plays in, the casino plays in, there's some underhanded action where someone's like bribing someone from the mine company. There isn't any of that. It's well, I, just it, it's just part of like the backstory of an unrelated plot yeah. to the mine thing. <laughs> also, I should point out that when I said there's Native Americans in this, what I meant to say was there's a lot of Hispanic people playing Native yes. Americans. They didn't Dang even, Trejo. I don't even think they got one actual Native no, American. No, not and a one single of the one. People, I I could not figure out. I think the one guy was supposed to be Native American, Pestilence or whatever, the guy who's, like, dying. Potentially. But he was clearly an Asian man. Yeah, like he absolutely. He was just very obviously Japanese or something. And I, one was like, of... I was like, this is really bizarre. Like, and why is he so anti... Like, he seemed to really hate Hygiene? Native Americans. <laughs> well, he, yeah, that too. But he seemed so anti-Native Americans. It's like, no, the I saw your little placard earlier. Your problem is with the mining company... You were poisoned by the uh, like waste material you had to transport, and you got cancer. That's the plot. That's your plot. Because we should mention when they introduce the bad guys, uh, it stops and does like a a high new like placard comes up and it's like and it says their name and then it types up facts about them. And (laughs) one of them is pestilence. Uh, His diagnosis is terminal, so you assume he's dying of something. And then it says, offered apologies. And I was like, wait, what does that mean? Like, who offered him apologies? Those? Doctor? Or, like, did he try to sue the mic? Those fucking cards are insane. They have none of the same content. At one point, they show one of the other characters who is a uh, Hispanic man who's, I guess, was a minor and is being uh, offended by the Native Americans who are doing the casino. I don't know. It's unclear. One guy is half Native American, half they don't really explain. Sure. But he's denied tribal status, which I'm not 100% sure Native American tribes deny anyone who would be half Native American. No, it's usually <laughs> it's usually a pretty low margin from my experience. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I think they... For I reference from this episode, I have a certificate of Native American blood, not just my uncle told me <laughs> that yes, we're just yes, ben, is, ben is a literal uh, part Native American, which it is, is like... It is how I fill up the census. It is it is it is my it is my established identity. I uh, about fifteen minutes into the movie, I started watching it. And I wasn't <laughs> sure if Ben had started watching it. I texted him and just said, oh. "I'm really sorry. This movie's super offensive." I have not. Ex- 
I have not experienced this kind of like blatant, uh, like like on the nose Native American racism since I last met with a cheap lawyer who uh, <laughs> discovered my tribal status as part of the thing I was doing and had some fun commentary. Um, oh, uh, no. but my favorite is I think uh, Famine uh, at some point, uh, 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 who is uh, that, who, who is uh, uh, half but not tribal status. Which um, they he, say his placard says status half breed, which I felt uncomfortable. Ooh, even not good. Yeah, it's it's similar to the phrase white eyes. Not great. Um, uh, uh, below that it says fatalities, three brothers, compensation insufficient. <laughs> yes, I loved that when I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, did my they note- offer him like four million dollars, and he was like, not enough, or did they say like here's fifty bucks? Like, I need my more note- detail. My note when I saw that was was am I watching interdimensional cable like right yes. now like it felt like it felt like a a, a Jansen you know <laughs> like well, and Jansen then, quadrant nineteen or whatever and then the, they introduce Same. War who talks like mostly in quotes about war like i felt like it was you remember yeah. like in the original call of duty i'm dating myself. i was about to say when you die I was about to like say quote, yeah like, war is hell or like oh only the only people who survive war are those who don't participate or something and it's just like what the fuck is this guy and it was tank from the matrix did you recognize yeah, him? yeah it, it's tank from the matrix um yeah, there's, a, and, there's a couple of bizarre cameos in here yeah well and like the opening <clears throat> they're trying to like cause a problem at the mine and uh, famine poisons a bunch of miners because he hates the miners. Uh, Pestilence also hates the miners and just spreads noxious chemicals, but lets them pour all over him. It's like, I understand you're dying from cancer, but like swallowing chemicals is really going to speed up that process. And then war uh, punctures a gas tank and then the try to ignite it shoots a shotgun at it four times. And I just thought... Boy, couldn't he have just had a lighter? Would have been way more, way quicker than just blindly firing his shotgun into the ground and yeah, hoping. I, I also love that one of these horsemen, um, Famine, it gets in his like, he gets in his like uh, uh, El Camino, and on the back of yes. it is <clears throat> is uh, is like an illustrate like, uh, something he paid someone to illustrate in the back of his car of like people dying of starvation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's so fucking like it's just like, like the imagine things. Imagine like like satanic cult aside, you're just like parked at a red light. I'm like, is that starving people? Well, they also <laughs> like they all wrote like war, famine, pestilence. And it's just like what the fuck? And they're all driving. They all like are super old, shitty cars. And it's just like I don't understand the point of this gang. First of all, they should be carpooling. But second of all, then we're introduced to. I mean, I don't even know how to explain this. This guy who I think was a murderer, if I understood correctly, why he was in prison, <clears throat> I think. They were kind of vague I, as to why he was in prison. He's so out let's, on work for, furlough, which, just a heads up, is not a thing they let murderers do. You can't, yeah. get at, you can't be sent out of prison when you are a violent offender. They don't give you like the access to be like, yeah, sure, let that guy wander around. What's he in for? Uh, multiple homicide? Yeah, sure, just let him out on the street. And he's freed by none other than Tara Reed, who does not get a title card. <laughs> and who... I mean... Something is legit wrong with Tara Reed. Like, she, it is... <clears throat> she feels like she's constantly on, like, horse tranquilizers. She can't act. She's almost inaudible for most of the movie. And... I like, mean... 
We know it's, this is it's aggressively bad. We know this is Sharknado Tara Reid, but at least in those films, she's like doing a pastiche of like an action movie where she's like, "Oh no, the sharks!" She's like attempting something. You're right. In this movie, she is like sluggishly wandering into scenes, blinking and looking around, carrying a lunchbox with a dagger in it. Um, and I think and I could for some reason tell by walking by women whether I guess she the, that Native yeah. American girl's eyes let her tell if someone's a virgin. The eyes are so confusing. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I think nothing sums up Tara Reid's performance more than about halfway through the movie. Uh, Edward Furlong, who we'll get to, we haven't even gotten to yet, shows up as the crow, and she is sitting there at like a table eating crackers, and her line is something akin to like, "Oh, that's I, I guess he's like the crow from the legend," and she she kind of mumbles it while putting a, a real cracker into her mouth. Like normally, actors sort of fake the eating thing yes, because yeah, they have to talk. Stage bite or stage but, sip. But she takes a real bite of a fucking saltine cracker, and then is like. I guess that's the crow from the legend. And I'm like, th- that's it? That's what we get of, like, this established character that people have come here to see? It's like, yeah, just kind of a mumbled cracker sentence. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, at one point she tries to stop, um... God damn it. Whatever the main bad guy's name was, Luke Crash, which we can get into that in a second, uh, from shooting a priest, and she's just like, no... It's like, wow, man, just killing it. I mean, Oof. she is aggressively bad. And her name is Lola Byrne, and his name is Luke Crash, so they're Crash and Byrne, which feels like you're trying so hard that you should really just... I, but, I mean, they introduce these characters, and then another movie starts in which we're introduced to the Crow character, and Danny Trejo, who's the head of a, the Native Americans... Which seemed like an odd choice to pick a famously Hispanic actor. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and then we're introduced that they're having... This got me. I, I found this oh to my be God. Like, so absurdly hilarious. They're having a thing called Ravenfest. Why the fuck didn't they just call it Crowfest? <laughs> why, why would I have, you... This, I this is so... every Crow movie. They don't realize that crows and ravens are two different birds. They're not it's the same bird. Exhausting. I can't get over the fact that, for one, it's not just called Ravenfest. It's called like uh, it's called that partially because the tribe, for some reason, is called like like Raven Group or something. Uh, yeah, uh, it, I think Raven. It's sorry, like Raven Tribe. It's Raven. Crazy. Raven Aztecs. That is a tremendous, dumb fuck. The Aztecs are not Native North American Native Americans. They are an indigenous people from an entire other continent. They did not overlap with most of the Native Americans uh, uh, culturally that were that, that, that you're you're, past, you're parodying here. But yeah, the Raven Aztecs. I don't know why they're called that. You know what I mean? There's no well, this tribe. Also confusing this... as to what country this takes place in or yeah, state. Who knows? It just seems to be a nebulous country or place because it, fact... it is clearly supposed to be the United States because the but, way they describe Native yeah. Americans. But but, then, but like you Raven... said. It seems like all the Native Americans are supposed to be, like... It's got to be the first border, peoples I guess. of uh, South America, not North America. <sighs> but but beyond that, the the party they're having is called Ravenfest, which is pretty fucking bizarre. Because if a, if, if a tribe is going to have, like, a powwow or some sort of large event, 
Um, they're not going to just, like, call it, like... It's not going to be, like, Cherokee Jam. Like, it's not going to be, like, this fucking fun play of words of, like, their name. It's bizarre. And then I love that when we finally see Raven Fest, it's, like, nine people in a gymnasium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, like, they're, like... And then it turns out that Raven Fest is also frequented by the people who own and work at the mind, which seemed odd because they sort of set it up that the two groups don't get along, but for some reason they all come to Ravenfest. Nothing really confusing. I forgot to mention this earlier, but nothing explains this, this script's inability to understand the basics of like a power dynamic between two groups. M- m- uh, nonetheless, making the group that is... <laughs> That is that is the, the 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 antagonist in this scenario, the fucking Native Americans. Which is it hilarious. is very because like at no point is it specifically clear who we should be rooting for. But like is, it seems like both exactly. groups are supposed to be bad, which this seems is, like an odd choice. This has never been made more clear than the opening shot of this film, which is two groups of workers protesting at each other. Through a yes. chain link fence. That is not how protests work. The the people in protest typically aren't just two groups of workers mad at each other. Well, we Usually, also point out, it's like, all the workers is four people on <laughs> yeah. each side. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Pro- it's more of just like a lunch break. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. <clears throat> but yeah, um, we 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 only now at, at like this deep into the movie get around to Edward Furlong and his completely. Again, just like the miners thing, unnecessary overlapping origins. There are Which they nine actually, origins. They this is the thing is so all of everybody's origin is revealed like in flashbacks. Yeah, but because you don't, they don't really explain what order they're going in and what's going on. You never truly understand. Like, was he supposed to be Luke's brother, or was that just like a thing they said? Because at one point it seems like they're brothers. But then later, they clearly have different last names. They are definitely they are definitely played as brothers, which is then yes, never never true. addressed again. But also, it's established that Jesus Christ, here we go. Um, that David Boreanaz's dad, which is also Edward Furlong's dad, was killed by Native Americans who by specifically a guy who was a priest who killed him as something to do with the mind but it's not that clear but then I, yeah, when they show up and he wants revenge on that priest i was like don't, what the fuck is happening i don't know who this guy is but halfway through we also discover that edward furlong's character killed like another member of his like high school class he because killed, he was he sexually assaulting a girl he killed the priest the new priest and his wife's kid yeah what it tur- and i was like wait but what the but, fuck is going on <laughs> But and not so, to revenge so his this, not to revenge this, his father because he was sexually assaulting a girl. Yeah, so he was he was pushing her down onto a car with the intent so to rape her, a, and he beats him to death. So it's a separate incident, but for some reason that's the son of the Native American who then became a priest who killed their dad. But we don't know if it's their dad because they don't seem to be related at all. And and, and, then, <laughs> and then like Christ. what is what is like amazing about it is so he like punches this guy like in the in the flashback like six or seven times and he kills the guy and he goes to jail for that right but then they never explain what luke crash went to jail for or why it's just implied he's a murderer i think that his title yeah, card says I, that he he's I killed guess, people all and that he's the leader of a satanic cult i guess he i guess he killed a bunch of unrelated native american like native I, Americans. yeah it was like, very I, it's, it's super unclear he seems to be like part of his story seems to be that he's mad that the Native American girl Lily 
was into his brother his you know brother by another mother i don't know but who knows yeah his his maybe related person jimmy and it's like so it's like hard to tell if at one point the plot isn't just he's mad about that and that's why he's doing this it was very confusing the plot of this film yeah then there's there's supposedly a romeo and juliet thing happening with furlong and uh, and an offensive and an offensively named character um uh who has like something that rises at dawn or some shit like it's it's not good i think, I think it's lily rises at dawn and That's she has right. blue eyes which is i i, I don't know is it native americans have blue eyes it's not common <laughs> okay I, I don't know that was just a genuine question but um i did love that when they introduced uh edward furlong i was like wow he never got rid of that haircut from terminator 2 yeah <laughs> he's now much older and uh he didn't really get better at acting so let's talk about Furlong here. He he is insane in this because um uh uh he he is the absolute wrong cast. I mean we're talking about a movie in which many people shouldn't be here. Dennis Hopper should not be here. Tara Reid. Well, Dennis, to... no, Dennis, Dennis Hopper could be there. He just shouldn't be playing the character. They yeah, made. very very true. Tara Reid should just get a nap before they put her on set. You know, everyone should just get, like, a quick nap before they appear on any of these scenes because it feels like they had everyone shoot. Like, all, the, the shots they kept were the ones that were they were captured after, like, 12 hours of shooting because everyone is so tired and lazy with every delivery. But Furlong, he's okay when he's just playing Jimmy, like, the guy, and, like, he's in love with his girl and everyone, and, and he doesn't belong, and he's kind of like a, a, a rascal. Uh, that always has like a quick line. Well, the thing that I liked was okay that, at that. What I liked though was like his Romeo and Juliet story is like he murdered somebody. Yeah, it's not so much a Romeo and Juliet. Like, right, you're from the wrong side. They keep saying that, but it's like no. I think your real problem with him is that he murdered somebody. That seems he, to he be the crux guy. of why everybody's upset with him. He straight up killed a guy. Uh, but yeah, he he's he's okay. fine. I mean, like in those preceding scenes, but when he becomes the crow. It is the worst casting. He he delivers nothing with intimidation. He has no physical presence. He looks well, like he looks like he's about to get pushed over every no, sequence. You, you want to know what he looks like when he first walked out as the crow? He looks like Helena Bottom Carter. <laughs> like when they first, when they cut to him, I was like, "What the fuck?" I was so confused. I thought the scene changed, and also gotta, I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, I was watching on my phone, uh, but I was just like, "Oh, this is bad." And he puts on his crow makeup with a sharpie marker. And it's like, instead of being up and down, it, like, draws off to the side like he fucked it up when he yeah. was putting it on. It's uneven. never corrected it. And obviously, obviously there's that, that, that trademark, like, white paint face. But with the crow, they managed to sort of, like, blend it a bit uh, uh, with, with, like, into the neck. So it, like, uh, it kind of disappears into the outfit a little bit in the original crow. Um, uh, uh, at the very least, it somehow it somehow comes together in the original crow. In this one, I mean, it ge- it generally looks like it looks like he put on a Halloween costume in a hurry, and then his mom yelled at him on the way yeah. out the door, and he was like, well, "It looked like it. it looked more sort of like um, <clears throat> it was Halloween, and he didn't have a costume, and then like somebody was like, "Hey, you want to go to this party? You have to be in costume," and he was like, "Uh," and just grabbed a sharpie and drew a line. Was like, "Fuck it, where's my where's my trench coat?" And then this movie did something which I thought was an interesting take in a crow movie. Um, everyone is instantly aware that he's the crow and that that bird is what's keeping him. 
Like, everyone's aware that that crow is what's keeping him alive, and they should probably get rid of that crow. I thought that was a very bizarre choice, because in the other movies, you know, like, eventually they realize that if you kill the crow, the bird crow, the man crow dies. But in this movie, like, like you said, he shows up, Tara Reed's like, oh, he's like that crow in the legend, which I don't know why she's super into Native American legends, um... But she's like, oh, that. And then they see the bird, and she's like, just kill the bird. It's like, well, what the fuck, man? And, like, he shows up, and instantly somebody throws a knife into the crow. <laughs> it's like, man, they're really, they're really just speeding this movie along. They don't have time for anything else. Um, it, it, is, it, is, it is fucking fascinating. Because writing along with this, this plot, which, again, despite all the, all the fucking linkages that we described earlier between the mines and the Native Americans casino... A dad whose son was killed in a separate incident, but the dad was killed by another guy in a separate... Became a priest. All that shit. Fucking irrelevant. Because the the absolute... The only, like, running plot of the movie is that Edward Furlong's sort of brother is leading a cult of just jerks who have... Who are so obviously criminals, they paint their cars with their criminal aliases on them. Well, because they're part of a cult. They're part of the the well-known... Native American adjacent satanic satanic cult because you know Native Americans are super into yeah. Satan. Satan is really prolific in Native American culture. Um, they 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 they're doing they somehow acquired like some old like parchment about like rituals and they're doing a ritual so that well, she one... stole it from El Nino who for some reason had a book about how to raise the devil a guy who runs a crudely uh, like a, yeah. a bordello inside of a church. Again, I don't understand. For some reason, was the head of a, de- a devil cult. Who is who is like decorating? Like who's running this fucking operation? Like I, the, 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 I don't understand what these people think satanic cults are. But I don't know how they're this fucking organized. They could run the town at this point. Um, but the premise is that yeah, that he's David Bordianis is going to use these documents to do a ritual and become the devil. And then, like, I guess, I don't know, destroy everything? It's well, very that, vague. That, that was but, also something that was also But that's the actual plot, which, again, connects not at all to any of the stuff that, well, that they try to set up in the first two acts. What, what's really weird, too, is multiple times during the movie, I couldn't figure out if this is because Tara Reid didn't read the whole script or she wasn't aware of what was happening. But, like, at several points during the movie, she seems like, oh, I don't. I don't like this. You shouldn't become the devil. But then at the end of the movie, she seems really disappointed that it's not going to happen. But like they set up multiple times. She seems like freaked out by him. And then is just because like he's talking about how he's going to just stay on earth and destroy every major city and kill everyone. And that's his thing. And she seems concerned. But then when they get to the cemetery, she's really bummed out when he doesn't fuck her. Which that's also part of the plot of this movie is the devil has to have sex with Tara Reed in a in a on a sacred Native American burial ground, I believe. Who made all these hoops? I don't think God's making all these fucking hoops. Like who's designing this complicated process? Uh and for some reason when uh fucking Bones gets uh, <laughs> or Angel gets taken over by the devil, he becomes like 
the mask like, like a oh horny my version god. of the mask he, like, oh my pretty, god he's like oh i'm gonna do this hey i was like well, he's, I understand. what did he become jim carrey for he is doing like a cuban pete thing <laughs> it, it, it's 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 a fucking nightmare it's, it's just so confusing it's just sort of like a like 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 a like a melted version of Angel just doing like the mask stuff. It's really rough to look at. And he keeps doing like, ooh, baby, yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't commit to an impression. Like at one moment he's doing kind of like a Muggsy Bogues kind of thing. And then he's like rocketing over into doing sort of like a strange, like Jerry Lewisy thing. And then he sounds like Jerry Seinfeld at some point. I mean, it is so fucking bizarre what he's trying to pull up. It's like he didn't think of like one thing to do while being well, possessed by the devil. I feel like he watched Devil's Advocate and he was like, I can do that better, Al Pacino. And he could not. And he could not. <laughs> Which is saying something because neither could Al Pacino. <laughs> But it is, I, I could not, every moment he is the devil, I just kept being like, what is happening? Why is he talking like this? And then the end is so bad. The crow shows up and he's just fucking Tara Reed. All he has to do is finish, we'll say. And he stays the devil. He stops to go fight the crow. Like, what the, why would you, like, I'm not trying, like, not like I want to see him finish, but it was such a weird thing. And as he runs off, she says, "No, you have to, you have to fuck me before sunup, or otherwise you just go back to a low life, and I'm just a piece of white trash." I think is what she says, but again, delivered in classic Tara Reed, where yeah, it's, you know, half, half mumbled and 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 very rushed. Yeah, and then it just sort of ends at the end. It, it, I mean, it is. It's so bad. It is astonishing. Um, I also have to... We can't go too far past, like, the Crow's attempts, this movie's attempts at, like, combat. It's fucking embarrassing. There is, like... There are, like, punches that are thrown that have no sound effect. Then later there's, like, a punch where you hear it, but you don't see it. And then, like, Edward Furlong is just being thrown into tables. It's, It's a mix of, like, bad fight choreography. Edward Furlong appears to have no powers and no capacity to do anything useful and then his crow gets shot and then he's even less useful like it is i don't know why they i know i know he's a bad fit for the character but i don't know why they also wrote the character to just have nothing to do yeah i mean the crow isn't at like this really does feel like in a way it was another movie and they just kind of worked the crow into it but uh, yeah, it's just very bizarre. He seems in, in the fight scenes are terrible. At one point, uh, when they go to Ravenfest, uh, the satanic guy, War, and I think Famine, Famine puts on catcher's gear like a baseball catcher, and then just starts hitting the scenery with a baseball bat to scare people, till they run around and then get caught underneath a big curtain, and then War just shoots them a bunch with a gun. It was really very confusing. Yeah, in the later half when we and it's not like and then when Crow shows up, he just kind of pushes people around for a while. Yeah, and and he's like semi invincible, but he also seems to like get shot and then like writhe well, around a lot. Yeah, because instantly when he shows up at Ravenfest, she's like, "Oh, he's the Crow," and uh, Angel throws a dagger into. I refuse to call him his actual name. Uh, he throws a knife into the Crow, and then that's it. You know, once the Crow's wounded, the the person Crow can be wounded. So he gets shot, and he's like bleeding. And I was like, well, "This is really dumb." He didn't yeah. even get to be the Crow, and then when he like kills uh, Pestilence, 
he pushes him into a bug zapper. That's it. For, and I, that kills him. It's like that's bug zappers can't the, kill a person. I mean, they're yeah. They're, they're, it's, it it's would hurt abs- a little. It's an absurd concept. Like watching these scenes of him like showing up in like a dank tavern and killing the pestilence. I instantly was like, I take back all the criticism that I may have had for the original Crow film. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I could not feel less... I could not feel more bad about how how negative I might have been. I don't think I was. I think I, th- I think I was genuinely pretty positive about the Crow movie, but anything I had to say that was critical, I'd take it all back because, I mean, the Crow had genuine brooding and had, like, these dark scenes with, like, him being, like, shot and, ta- and, and then taunting people and all this stuff. He, he shows up and he'll say something like, uh, did someone call the devil? And someone's just like, uh, no, did, or are you like the devil in this scenario? And then he like flips a table and then falls down. And then like the scene ends. Like that's the entirety of like the, of the action we get. It is atrocious. Oh, it's so bad. At one point, just, this is like maybe, there's a couple of like really bad lines. <laughs> at one point when the crow shows up at the end at the devil's wedding he's like how are you at wedding speeches and he's like i'm better at eulogies it's like oh come on guys there's a lot of there's a lot of lines like that when 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 david boreanaz is dying uh and he's possessed by the devil he says he says he says to furlong like uh any 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 sympathy for the devil (laughs) it's pretty bad it's pretty yeah there's bad. that there's that really bad scene where he like tells that story about like he sees somebody eating their own heart and he's like i like it because it's my heart and it's bitter or something it's like what the fuck this is so bad and then the scene too where uh angel shows up to get revenge on that priest and he's like you've done well for yourself it's like he's running a roadside church that has four people in it total i don't think he's doing well and it appears to also be a diner like his wife appears to be in the back making uh like food so i don't think he's doing well for himself yeah i also like that it's implied in that scene that boreanis uh and his crew kill everyone at the wedding and then they kill the priest and then the wife comes out and is very sad and then like what it seems like an hour later edward furlong shows up and reveals hey he's still alive and i'm like you didn't fucking check ma'am <laughs> i think it was supposed to be that he brought him back to life but i, I th- wasn't sure yeah i think he had helped revive but yeah it se- it seemed like it seemed like like she just ha- had never taken a look at him or, or something with that fact um i had something out of my notes here that i don't know if you caught that i found i still cannot explain and i find deeply fascinating so there's a tertiary character that's only briefly in the movie um, I don't really understand what he was supposed to be. It seems like he was maybe cut at some point and then re-added. I don't know. But there is um, a really awkward... Uh, 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 what is the term? Um, uh, uh, like a morgue. Uh, the, the guy at the morgue. Uh, the the uh, city morgue. Oh, yeah. He's But he, he's like the guy driving the hearse. Yes. Uh, like the coroner or whatever you want to call it. I don't him know if his case. name is said. Undertaker? Undertaker, there it is. I don't know the name is said, but in the in the uh, in IMDb, he's, he's listed as Proudfoot Joe. Um that that is uh that is a man named damon john um who is uh the ceo behind the vastly successful fubu um uh uh, clothing company uh and also it's that guy from shark tank and also the guy from shark tank (laughs) all of a sudden when you said his name i was like isn't that the guy from shark tank what is he doing here (laughs) that is so confusing how did he get the job 
Un- why would un- he have gotten the job? Why would he have gotten the job the of being the virgin undertaker who eats a lot? Like, why did he get yeah. that wrong? That was one of the confusing parts where they find that they're like, he's a virgin. And then they have uh, Angel be like, how are you still a virgin? It's like, why are you having this conversation? Yeah, I don't know why you were trying to get to know this guy that you're about to kill. Yeah, it was very odd. And he was like, well, I guess I'm just waiting for the right person. It's like, what the fuck is going on? It was just very confusing. I mean, but but the fact that the the, the Damon John is there is just I I don't understand. He he was a, an executive producer, so maybe he just get get, get me in there. He, I guess maybe he paid to help make the movie or something. Yeah, it, it's a real good fucking investment to Damon. <laughs> really nailed it on this. Well, one. unless maybe this is like a producer's situation where he was like, "Yeah, make this movie real shit." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some insurance money out of this one. Gotta be the producers too. Colin Crow, the Crow Colin Wicked Prayer is a really weird movie. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Matthew Broderick be one of the people in the Crow instead. If he had been the Crow, um, so, something funny that I wanted to point out that we I realized when we started this film, um, you know, this movie was a, a I think direct to DVD release. I'm pretty sure, um. Uh, and you know when movies are like that, they don't tend to have a ton of reviews, depending on how obscure they are. Uh, but this one on Rotten Tomatoes only has eight reviews, and they total up to a total of zero percent, full zero point zero percent is where it's ranked. Which is, I mean, that is astonishingly low for a franchise that has a much. I mean, if you mention, hey, have you ever heard of The Crow? Many people may not have seen it, but they will know what you're talking about, more or less. I mean, it's not that obscure of a franchise. So for <laughs> one of its the members of its quadrilogy to be this fucking low, and the so other the other member of this quadrilogy unavailable in the domestic United States. <laughs> yes, only available in some like former Soviet Bulgaria. Yeah. <laughs> but like that was a my final note for this was I wrote down how could such like an iconic character in the sense of like their appearance and you know the idea too of like what happened for the first crow movie with brandon lee but like a character that has kind of like it's kind of a cool story idea you know like he comes back to right or wrong and he's tortured by whatever happened but he can't be killed blah 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 it's it's a cool idea for a story but yet at least three out of four of these movies are shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They're so bad. I, it's just weird that, like, you would fuck... Like, it feels like you could not screw this story up unless you tried. And they yeah. must have been trying. I mean, it's not a complicated story. I mean, you just gotta find someone who, who does good brooding kind of crow dialogue. And then you put them in a tragic scenario and you give them some mean person who's mean to them. It's the whole fucking like, plot. Look, look. I mean, all you need to do is this. Uh, like the first movie, they just live in a bad part of town. You don't, it doesn't need to have some, you know, I guess there's a witch in the first one and then they, they became crazier as they went on with like the devil and stuff. But like, couldn't it just be like a gang kills this guy and his wife and he was like, you know, I don't know, he, he ran a, a martial arts studio or something. So he comes back and he kills a bunch of them with a katana. Isn't that all we really need? Like just a dude running around, cutting people up. Like, just give us that. It doesn't, there doesn't need to be this convoluted subplot about a mine and Native Americans and reservations and how like ju- uh, jurisdiction works for cops who work next to reservations. It was just so bad. 
Yeah, I, I, I really, I, it was a really fascinating thing to watch with how much worse it could get. Because I mean, it's a boring movie, all told. You know, Furlong is 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 barely there. Tara Reid is mumbling her lines. David has dead eyes. Uh, you know, everyone, no one's happy to be there. Occasionally, someone commits a little bit to a scene, but mostly people are unhappy to be there. And then, as your interest starts to fade, as they overcomplicate the plot with unnecessary past references as well as for the love of god don't just replay the death scene over and over again crow movies all of them do it like we watch the guy get killed we know what happened we don't need three montages of the kill sequence again to pad time yeah yeah this movie is definitely like i mean it was pretty short to begin with yeah was, yeah like an hour and 39 minutes there's only about an hour worth of movie but they they the- recap stuff a lot but the end of the movie, when when your interest is finally starting to like, like you know, reach its its critical critical mass of disinterest, that's when that's when Dennis Hopper shows up as a as a really offensive stereotype of a, of, of a character playing a pimp surrounded by cat girls for some reason. Why are they cat girls? What does that have there's, to do with anything? There's so much wrong with when Dennis Hopper like as soon as he appears and starts talking. The movie somehow takes a turn for the worse. Like, it, it was not good to begin with, but, like, his appearance marks where the movie just becomes even worse. Because, like, he says really absurd shit that feels, you know, sort of racist. Uh, and then then Angel starts doing his weird, like, vaudeville version of the devil. And then <laughs> the movie just abruptly ends. Yeah, which I mean... it's just sort of odd. It it, it 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 culminates in the, in what you could barely call a fight scene in the cemetery where they just sort of like fly at each other like kind of vaguely uh 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 in the darkness and then eventually uh yeah one of them just like is thrown onto like a sharp piece of of, of a sharp like tombstone which i don't know why they make sharp tombstones but and then that's just there's a bunch of dialogue about saying the well, devil I, in different phrases i wanted, I wanted to get this uh in the recording if at all possible uh, you know just when I die, make sure I have a sharp tombstone. So in case there's ever a fight in the cemetery, somebody can make their way over to my tombstone and kill somebody. So All right. Just make sure that happens, guys. I will add it to the list of things I will do when you die. Hmm, I, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> I also don't like that I didn't authorize you to start making that list. <laughs> yeah, wait, you know what? This is the first time I've mentioned something. <laughs> well, what do you mean there's items? I, I, I've read between the lines. I know, I know what you mean. I know what you're looking for. Oh, no. Well, I'm now concerned. Uh, so, I think that's it. I, I guess the question is, Ben, would you watch this? Uh, just look recommend up, it? Just you did watch it. Just look up the, the, the clip of Dennis Hopper doing his bits. That's all you need. That's all you need. It's the wildest thing in this movie. Everything else is dry, boring, and half, half attempted. I agree. I, I feel like if you just go and watch just that it's it's that would maybe be worth it it's not good but it's at least uh (laughs) it's pretty funny to watch uh i would otherwise i would say yeah definitely do not under any circumstances watch it um yeah i can i can precisely say don't fire it up don't do not fire it up if you have access to this movie